Hello, our names are Molly, Lynn, and Leo Paul. We are your hosts for today's podcast on the regions of the Pacific Islands. We'll go into detail about each region and their culture, how they are similar and different from each other. On this week's part, oh, dude, fuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold up, I need to trim this out. Let me edit this. So we're each just going to talk about, like, our region, I guess. We can just go through our stuff, right? Yeah, I don't know. Or we can bounce off each other. We can bounce off each other. Okay. <laughs> I really don't know what we're doing. I wish you oh, would give us, like, a Okay, just, I will be review- reviewing the history of the Melanesian side of the Pacific region. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's my starter line. Pacific doesn't receive as much attention. Should I ask you guys some questions or? Because I feel like I'm sure. I mean, you can start with that and then we can continue on. Like we can all add stuff like after each other and kind of just like go around. Okay. Yes. All right. Hello, our names are Molly, Lynn, and Leopold. We're your hosts for today's podcast on the regions of the Pacific Islands. We'll go into detail about each region and their culture and how they are similar and different from one another. Now, I will be reviewing the history of the Melanesian side of the Pacific region. Although its culture and way of life is so unique, the Pacific or Oceanic region of the world doesn't receive as much attention in the modern era. Certain exercises originating from this region are unlike any other in the world. These islands are responsible for shaping some aspects of society and our practices as we know them today. Now, while the colonial process of westernization and Christianization severely affected Melanesia, there are still big imprints of the original culture left today. I am focusing on the original way of life of Melanesia. After reviewing and researching the history of the region, there is no doubt that I connect the most with Melanesia. Um, I will be discussing specific subjects of the island's history. Now, to start us off, I need to first point out the fact that spirituality is the most common factor when looking at Melanesia. It is shocking to hear that many of the biggest groups did not worship a particular god. Um, the mythology the mythology had neither a god or a goddess nor a supreme deity. Instead, the Melanesians held rituals focused on a scope outside the material world. It was so important for them to leave the actual present in a sense and connect with spirits. They believed that each group possessed its own supernatural spirits and beliefs. Coming from a non-religious background myself, I found similarities in my way of connecting with a higher being. Many of my peers, friends, and family members also follow this way of religion or this method. It is no surprise that Melanesia has passed these on to future nations and people. It makes me truly content that people are finally opening their eyes, that they are tracing back roots of belief and ideas to this culture and people. Um, now, powers, they stayed constant with the ideas of creation, warfare, and prosperity. A variety of rites and sacrifices were practiced to ensure the group's success and well-being. The people were shaped by a strong warrior-like foundation. Honor, courage, violence, and revenge filled values promoted this warfare. Um, And then mana and tapu were the driving forces in uh, Melanesian spirituality. Mana represents the idea of a spirit, force, or essence. It is constant in all materials and objects. From people and animals to even trees, it showed life in everything. Mana, on the other hand, could be gained. It was an inherited supernatural force which possessed energy and power. 
The Melanesian focus is also another aspect which caught me off guard. Unlike other Pacific Islanders, the Melanesians were predominantly not huge in the sailing industry or the sailing world. How could people grow and advance without a rise in this industry? Spirituality and art were instead emphasized. Um, there were also obvious negatives in Melanesia as a whole. Because of the extreme isolation that they experienced, social and linguistic diversity was kept to a minimum. Conflict levels rose as outsiders attempted to communicate and colonize. There were also extreme downsides to the geographical location. Melted glaciers led to rapid rising water levels. This caused an insane amount of flooding, killing or pushing thousands to relocate. Uh, another part of the rich history was cannibalism. It was practiced in New Guinea and parts of the Solomon Islands. Fiji held the name Cannibal Isles for a long time. Flesh markets even existed throughout the region. The practice was later dropped as it was discovered that people contracted illnesses and diseases from it. All these setbacks in general led to small progress for the people of Melanesia. Let's move on to Micronesia, one of the most unique regions out of the three. Micronesia is a sub-region of Oceania, consisting of about 2,000 small islands in the Western Pacific Ocean. It has a close shared cultural history with three other islands regions, the Philippines to the west, Polynesia to the east, and Melanesia to the south, as well as with the wider community of Austronesian people. Most of the islands that make up Micronesia are low coral atolls, although the western edge of the region includes high islands formed by volcanic activity or geological uplifting. The region's inherent scarcity of land, potential for drought, and exposure to cyclones are constantly realities confronting its inhabitants. Traditional Micronesian life was characterized by a belief in the stability of society and culture. People suffer occasional natural disasters, such as cyclones or droughts, but their goal after encountering one of these was to reconstitute the previous state of affairs. Micronesians traditionally depended on the cultivation of plant crops and on fishing in shallow ribs waters because arable land was in short supply for the relatively dense population. Micronesians had a strong practical basis for their attachment to locality and lands. Houses in most areas were built on slightly raised platforms. There was made of coral rock and gravel on the low islands and volcanic rock and dirt on the high islands. They generally had hatch roofs, low eaves, and poor ventilation. One thing I find really interesting about Micronesian region is the kinship and marriage. Before Europe contact, the majority of Micronesians lived in some form of extended family group. Matrilineage were traditionally exogamous. Members did not marry within the same lineage. Safety and security in Micronesia is one of the things that I find really unique out of the three regions because the crime rates in Micronesia are relatively low. There are very little incidents of serious crime in the country, although petty crimes such as pickpocketing and shoplifting are regularly reported. Foreigners are particularly prone to crimes such as petty theft and extra care should be taken with belongings when traveling around. Socialization and education in Micronesia is Micronesia were 
indulgent with infants. Children were included into adult life gradually through observation and participation. There was little in the way of formal schooling or initiation ceremonies in most Micronesian societies. Several forms of bodily ornamentation were practiced, mostly performed around puberty or in early adulthood. The most widespread of these was tattooing. Practiced by both sexes, this and other forms of bodily adornment were generally done in individual initiative to demonstrate bravely and increase attractiveness. And lastly, Polynesia. Polynesia is the largest region of the Pacific Islands and is in the shape of a triangle. The three points of the Polynesian Triangle are Hawaii, New Zealand, and Rapa Nui, also known as Easter Island. At the turn of the 21st century, about 70% of the Polynesian population resided in Hawaii. And out of the three regions, Polynesia was the largest and most well-structured. They were exceptional boat builders and were also skilled fishermen and farmers as well. Their early Pacific voyagers were known as the Wayfinders. They lost majority of their traditional Polynesian methods of navigation after the colonization by Europeans. The education in Polynesia consists of training in special crafts and skills. They also have sacred academies that provide training for the priests who are repositories, which is a place where things may be stored of the Polynesian society traditions, mythology, and genealogies. The class system in Polynesia was a very wide variety. In many of the Polynesian societies, the chief was the highest of status, but was regarded by himself, by his people or himself as first among equals. The chief also in terms of clothing and behavior was barely distinguished from any other male. They had traced their ancestry through the male line where they have a system of where the children belong to their father's lineage. Other islands in Polynesia, however, are different from this. In Hawaii and Tahiti and other and others, they trace descent through the mother's lineage. In Polynesia, it looks like descent through male line was preferred, but they also could trace through both parents as well. Marriages in Polynesia were typically dowries, which consists of when money is given to the man's family from the bride's family. Between the islands, they all have their own variations after the ceremony, but all the islands feast after the marital ceremonies. In Polynesian culture, the woman has no say on her future husband and has to accept the decisions of her parents. After they are married, most couples reside with the husband's family. A typical family in Polynesia consists of a senior male, his sons and grandsons, their spouses, and the unmarried children of the group. Well, that was a truly interesting discussion. Um, Now, I did mention that I have, like, a few connections to uh, Melanesia, um, through like religion and spiritual um, craft. Uh, did you guys have any relations or anything interesting you guys wanted to point out? Um, I thought the um, the education was really interesting. Okay. Me wanting to be a teacher myself, I thought it was really interesting how they have special, I mean, they have special academies in America for certain things, but the fact that they have, like, spiritual ones for, like, the priests and other things yeah. for their traditions, mythology, and genealogies was pretty interesting. Okay, awesome. I also really uh, enjoy when, like, research, do some research about socialization and education because uh, the society here is formed in a very unique way, and they raise children without any formal schooling or initiation ceremonies and they have really uh, unique culture like they're tattooing their bodies and 
um, any other practice, and they're practiced by both sexes. Yeah, and you can still find traces of um, like the way they tattooed people today. Um, I really do love their style. But um, thank you guys for listening, and this is our podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm.